For this command is a lamp, this teaching is a light, and correction and instruction are the way to life. Proverbs 6.23 Join Bishop Patrick Bruce of the Lighthouse Chapel International Bantama as it brings you the pure, unadulterated Word of God. This teaching is anointed, practical, down-to-earth and full of wisdom and will refresh, energize and bring healing to your body and soul. Listen to the Word of God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Let us pray. Father, thank you so very much for this time in your presence. Thank you for grace, great grace that it follows us. May we be affected by the word. May it transform us to become more and more as you want us to be. Thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Beautiful. God bless you. You may be seated. Um, we are we have one aim this year, and that is to build our churches. Amen. And um, everything we do here on these services is geared towards that work of building of churches. Hallelujah. So I want us to come with a mind that this is no longer for members, but for us who are the builders of the church. And one of the great, great keys um, in building churches. So one of the great keys to building a church is having a team, having helpers, shepherds with you. And that is why it's not only the pastors who are here, but pastors and shepherds, because we all need to hear something that will make us better equipped to do this work. Now, one of the most overlooked, overlooked keys is pastors who try to, who mis- underestimate the importance of having helpers. They don't recognize how critical it is that um, I, I need helpers to go with me. One of the easiest examples I can give is, is Jesus, who was the most anointed man. Everybody has anointing in a measure. He has it without measure. And even he, when he came to this earth, um, when he began his ministry, he went around looking for helpers. And he found fishermen and tax collectors and one doctor, some few people to help him to do the work. He didn't try to do it alone. And so one of the key, one of the key elements is the fact that you are a pastor, no matter how anointed you are, trying to build a church alone is a non-starter. Hallelujah. Is a non-starter. It is not going to work. And you may end up questioning Jesus, questioning the power of God, wondering if what you are doing is right. Am I, and then you may even end up questioning your call. Am I called? Because what you are doing is not bearing fruits. But it, it, is, it is simply this. You cannot do this work alone. And we have tried many, many times to encourage pastors to find 
helpers, fine workers to go with them. And I'm not too sure whether not all of them believe that the role of a helper is that important because we spend a lot of time doing other things but we don't invest so much first Samuel 21 we don't invest so much into finding helpers and we we um, kind of like move it alone but this evening I want to strongly highlight what it means to be alone and how much of a weakness and liability it is and how we should urgently and strongly find helpers. Hallelujah. Then came David to Nob to Ahimelech the priest and, and look at this. You see, David was well known. Ahimelech was well known. But look at this. And Ahimelech was afraid at the meeting of David and said unto him, Why art thou alone? And no man with thee. We, many of us, don't rightly understand the impression you create when you go somewhere alone. When a man comes alone, knocking on a door, I'm doing evangelism. When a man is walking on the street, then he sees another person, then he stops you alone to say, how are you? At once, the average person at once becomes alert. And becomes defensive. Hey, what do you want from me? And you see, it says here, Ahimelech was afraid. And his worry was, why are you alone? Are are you listening? Why are you alone? Very, you see, a man walking alone is is very suspicious. You see, you might think that two people are more dangerous than one person. But it's the other way around. If, you see, if two people stop you on the streets, you are, you are more likely to be worried if one man stops you than two men. Because, you see, to find one man can easily have a bad idea. But to find two men is a bit more difficult. Hallelujah. And so, all of us who have tried to do, and you see, this is just an example of, of a man going to a place alone. And to see their reaction. Many of us have tried to, to work alone. We have tried to, what, I mean, trying to do anything alone is problematic. And that is why we have so often tried to convey the truth that you need to have helpers. Hallelujah. Amen. Hallelujah. And, and so, number one, being alone is questionable. Being alone is, is, is questionable. It is, it is, it is, I mean, it's dubious. If you are a young lady and one man approaches you, you are more likely to be afraid than two men. Because the two men, one who, at least, they are probably more likely to be correct. Amen. And, and, Ecclesiastes chapter 4. It tells us something. And so, one man alone is, is questionable. Okay? But two men working together at something. Verse 9. Verse 9. Is, is 
clearly given us here. Two are better than one. Amen. Because they have a good reward for their labor. I even forgot to mention that God said it is not good for a man to be alone. We often relate it to marriage because the one God brought was Eve who became a wife. But many scriptures are multi-applicable. They can apply in different situations. And, And so the truth is that it is not good. I mean, a pastor alone is not good. Amen. I'll be listening this evening. It is is something which I have tried to drive time and time again. That a pastor should not be alone. And and so, back to Ecclesiastes chapter 4. It says, two are better than one. So, tell the pastor nearby, brah, pastor. Don't be alone again. Yeah. I mean, sometimes I'm free, I'm available to to do things. But because I'm alone, I don't do visitation. I mean, sometimes I could have gone, but to go on visitation alone, no, no, that's always a bad idea. Visitation alone. No, 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 no. It is, it is a no-go area. Hallelujah. Amen. Verse 12. And if one prevail against him, two, so one person can be overcome. Two shall withstand him. And a threefold cord, if you are three, it's even better. It's even better if you are three. That trinity is not easily broken. Hallelujah. That's strength. That, that's why David had three mighty men. That trinity of people, it is, it is so much stronger than even the two and the one. Is it Deuteronomy? One, how should one put a thousand to flight? And two shall chase ten thousand. It tells you that just having another person with you makes a big difference. Hallelujah. Having another person with you makes a very big difference. Hallelujah. And so this evening, I want to, I want to uh, press once again that every pastor, you must have helpers. Every pastor. Oh, I, I, I didn't, as if I'm not saying a good message. No, as if it's not a good message. A very important message. It's for your own church. Yeah, you'll be afraid of you when your pastor come knocking on the door. Hey, what do you want? Your boyfriend has come. <laughs> yeah, it, it, it is. It is very questionable. Hallelujah. Amen. So, what I'm driving at this evening is that every worker, every a pastor, must have shepherds with him. Amen. Because alone, you are not likely to be successful. And so if you are a pastor here and you don't have, I've chased some people, I won't won't call their name. I've chased them uh, to find five helpers. I've chased them for, I think two or three years now. To find, no, no, I won't mention their names. To find two or three helpers. And, and, and it's like, oh, it's not, it's not a problem. I can do it. I'm okay. I'm, I'm seeking the anointing myself. So I am anointed. But David, I don't think your anointing is like David's anointing. I don't think you have reached where he has reached. And he, his presence alone brought fear. So let that be, let it be, let there be a, a desire amongst us this evening, I must have help. Amen. 
I must have help. This evening I have three or four points. This is point one. Point two is that the help must be suitable. Must be suitable. Because there were other creatures with Adam. But none was suitable. Yeah. Even monkeys were around. (laughs) And they were similar. But not exactly suitable. And, and, uh, And so, you see, that is why also I, I keep on stressing that you must have your helpers come for these similar meetings so that they hear the same things you hear. They will not be your co-equal, but there will be, there'll be a, a greater similarity such that the two can work together. Amen. One of the funniest things is when you see a tractor or even these um, big articulators that have four tires on the axle, two on either side, and one is bigger than the other. So the small tire is hanging in the air. And the other bigger tire is the only one on the ground. And so what you are seeing is two tires supposedly working. But actually, it's just one tire bearing the weight of, and the car is designed to, the load is spread over the wheels. So when you have only one wheel on the ground and the other in the air, what happens is that the load on that one wheel is soon becoming heavier than it can carry. Then it will spoil easily. Then the load will fall on the other one, which is even weaker. And that one will just shatter and blast. So suddenly, we are seeing that the ministry is destroying people. Look at this pastor, he's burnt out. Look at this assistant, he has resigned. The work is too much. It's not that look, the work is not too much. It is you being a hero, trying to do it all by yourself. It's not too much. The work, the, the work, no, no, no. It can be done. And it is supposed to be done. Are, are you listening to me? But it is often incompatible people, the person you are working with to go and do church growth can't even quote John 3.17. And this is your assistant. A few people have brought pastors to me for um, shepherds for pastoral appointments to come and join my IPTP class. Some of them, they don't last 10 minutes in my office. Drive them out. They They are nowhere near pastoral material. This guy has no business assisting a pastor to help him build a church. He's so different. He's so, he's so distant from what we are trying to achieve that this guy cannot help you really. Amen. So tonight, what I'm saying is that pastor, you must have helpers. Amen. I mean, you you must be able to have people you can call upon to help you in the task you have in your hand. If you cannot find a person like that, then you are making a mistake in your ministry. If the person you are pointing to as your assistant is widely different from you, then again, you are making a mistake because that person, though he stands by you, bears no part of the burden. And in effect, you are still alone. 
I've forgotten the I've forgotten the figure. But I I I think it is in the thousands. It is in the thousand, a thousand three hundred or a thousand five hundred. A thousand and an odd number. A thousand three, a thousand five hundred. This figure, a thousand three or a thousand five, is the number of pastors every year who give up the ministry. This is the number of pastors every year who give up the ministry because they are exhausted, they are tired, they, are, they, are, they cannot see progress, they think it's not working. They, they don't think their calling is real. I mean, for whatever reason. But for most of them, it's burnouts, Exhaustion. That you are trying to do something alone, which shouldn't be the case. Tonight, may every pastor have a strong drive. A strong, make a strong effort to find people to work with you. Amen. Amen. And somebody will say that if you say that they they must be like you. There's no one like me in the church. That's true. When Jesus found Peter, it was a fisherman. And he, Jesus, was a rabbi who had been in the church from his youth. From age 12 or 13, he was able to argue with lecturers. And you, Peter, man, you have just come from the seaside with your fishing net. You're coming to be the assistant. Clearly, it will be the mismatched combination. Are you with me? Yeah, clearly. But you see, because they work together, because they work together, Jesus was able to transform those lowly fishermen into educated, well-trained ministers of the gospel. Hallelujah. Yeah. It was not, they didn't start, I mean, they didn't come to Jesus, join him, stop, go to school and come back. No, 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 no. They just stayed with him. They just stayed with him, walking with him up and down, going around, seeing what he does. When he sits down to eat with fucking knife, then they are looking at him. Charlie, sure, sure. Then they are copying him. With time, these fishermen became people who could go to wedding party and not disgrace us. They could go, I mean, with time, they could follow Jesus to a rich man's house and sit there with him at table with Pharisees who were the educated of those times. Are you with me? Yeah. So, I mean, I'm, sometimes I like to beat around the bush. But the point is this. You must have a helper. Amen. You must have a helper. You must have somebody and if the person is not so qualified at the beginning. It's not a problem. It's not a problem. It is only a problem where you, the pastor, feel you are a big man and this assistant is not your co-equal. So, even as uh, uh, even as you are trying to train him. You are at the same time telling him, don't walk by me. Walk two steps behind me. One more step. Behind. Hey, I come in here. Go back. Huh. And when I walk, don't pass me. And, and you see, this is the person you are trying to train. How will he become like you? And so when I'm going to eat, I'm coming to eat and I've sat down. Then you come to sit down by me. Hey, where are you going? Where are you going? You're coming to sit by me. 
Sit, sit here. Sit here. Yes. And, and I will eat my food. When I finish, then you can have what is left over. And, and you see, sometimes we have assistants who are too, you don't treat them, what's the word? You don't treat them in a way to build them up. They are, they, rather you, you concretize the gap. I mean, are you my co I have an university degree. I have an university degree. Do you have an university degree? I have two degrees. Do you have two, even one? So be careful. Be, be, don't come too close. Be careful. Respect. What he? Respect. Yeah. You don't have a car too. Respect. And, and when I get up, you don't get up. You see, you sit down. Sit down. And, and when, I, when I come and you see me, you are sitting down. You must jump to your feet. Yeah. All those kinds of... And you see, I'm exaggerating to make it clear. But you do the same thing in subtle ways. You do the same thing. I would say, are you my co-equal? You just ignore him. As you are going, as you are going, and he's, as you are going, you won't even call him. And I mean, you are just you, and you just leave this way. That's how Elisha, who was a businessman, became an anointed prophet because he walked and he talked with Elijah. And Elijah, there he was from the Tishbite. He was a peculiar man. Where he came from, we don't know. They never mentioned his father and his brother. He just, Elisha, the Tishbite. He just appeared, no famine, drought. Hey, wait, what kind of person is this? He was clearly like John the Baptist kind of person of a certain background. But not Elijah, Elisha. He, there we know his background. He was a businessman. But he, in fellowshipping and drawing close to, to uh, 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 Elisha, Elijah, became anointed too. So, I'm trying to let us know why sometimes we are trying, we, are, we say that the guys are not trying, they are not pulling their weight. You must, you must change. You must lift him up. You must see him as your co-equal. He must say, I'm not your co-equal. But you must say, come and be my, what did Jesus say? Where I am, there you'll be also. What did he say? I no longer call you servants, but I call you friends because a servant doesn't know what his master does. But I have told you everything my father has told me. And so we have shepherds, assistants with us who are not improving. They are not getting better. They are not, in the the beginning, they are not good. In the beginning. But they are supposed to become better and better. They are supposed to get, I mean, our interaction with them is supposed to be beneficial. And, and every time we bring up these people, we are training them for ourselves. Amen. Amen. I, I, are you with me? So, I mean, so we, we need to work on them and not drive them away unconsciously. Hallelujah. Um, one of the challenges of any leader is who to work with. Is who to work with. I mean, who is the person that can help me? And the, the person, you see, whatever you need to do the work of God that God has given you, it is with you already. That's why the Lord asked Moses, what are you holding 
in your hand. That is what you need. That is why David, going to fight Goliath, didn't go and import new equipment. He used what he had. There's catapults and there's stones. So the, the, the idea that I will find some superstar who will come from somewhere and who will come and add to me, then we become uh, uh, Neymar and Messi and Suarez. Yeah. We become a three fantastic trio who are scoring goals by heart. I need three fully baked stars. No, 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 no. It doesn't work like that. You get half baked stars. And then you are the one who, are, are, are you listening? You are the one who will bring them up and make them to become those stars. They, they don't come to you as stars. They come to you as ordinary, ordinary people. Hallelujah. So, and, and what I've heard repeatedly in my church and I'm sure other churches is there's nobody. I've looked. There's nobody. I can't see anybody compatible. All the guys, there's nobody around. Tonight, how to find that person? How to find that person? Number one, no matter whatever, is that you must know what you are looking for. You must know what you are looking for. And you must know where you are looking for him. So the key I will tell you is the person you are looking for is currently in your church. He is currently in your church. He is one of your members. Listen, any superstar who comes from outside, put a question mark on him. No superstar, no, no outsider should quickly become significant in your world. I hope you are listening. No outsider who has come from once I was here, then a man came to me. He, had, he came, he was holding some documents and a brown envelope. Then he said, that, well, he's coming to see me. He's a pastor in a certain church and he wants to come and join me to be a pastor here too. <laughs> I said, brother, that's not how it works. He said, oh, no, no. I mean, he's done well. He has things and he's showing me his credentials and things. I said, okay, no problem. But you can join my church. But when you join here, that pastor title is lost forever. You must start as a, as a church member, not even as a shepherd. Before you rise up and, and go to the ranks, he said, oh, but what about all his experience from behind? I said, no. Do you know what happened? He never came back. He never came back. Such a person has no mind of loyalty to you. It's a job. It's a job. He has just come to look for another place to practice his attempted anointing. Yeah. Whatever the person you are looking for is with you. He is with you in your church currently. So this evening, I want to tell you who it is that is in your church. Okay? Telling you who is in your church and how to fish out the person that could be your great helper. Any Basenta leader, you must be very, very, very mindful of this message because your case is very similar to a church. And the people in your Basenta are the same. One of them is to help you gather. I hear time and time again, no one to help me gather. When I gather and I go and come, they are scattered. Well, the one to help you gather is not the one I will give you from my church. No, no, find your own gatherer. There is nobody. There is. He is there with you. He is there with you. But you can't recognize him. And so this evening, I want to give you 
some ways to recognize the one you are looking for. But in doing so, you must also recognize what you have. Amen. What you have. Listen to this statement that the prophet gives us. And it's a very important starting point. Are you listening? Very important starting point. He said, pastors pastors hallelujah is the sound back not yet amen, amen. pastors must not have at least write this one down very important. Pastors must not have an erroneous impression that their members love God. That's the starting point. That is the starting point. Do not begin by assuming that the people around you, they love God. They don't. They don't. Many of our church members are not, Romans chapter 1, are not particularly zealous for God. No, 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 no. They are just around. Verse 21. Because that when they knew God, they glorified him not. Look, Many, listen, listen, listen. Many of our church members are not serious about God. Amen. That's how they are. And that is why many tell me that there's nobody in the church who is serious. There's nobody who, is, who can help me. When I come, all of them are running away. I call them, they don't come. Well, coming from this starting point that most of our members do not love God, let me show you who it is who who can help you. Number one, or number something. Most members do not spend money on the church most members so anyone are you listening anyone who spends money a little money on the church mark him anybody who tithes regularly gives offering regularly maybe doesn't do anything else in church but at least this one he does mark him these are the beginning baby signs of a good person. I hope you are listening. These are the baby signs of a good person. Anybody who is, I mean, when you do fundraising and somebody who comes and gives 20 cities, 20, because listen, fundraising, believe me, there are people sitting here who can give 100 CDs? True or not true? You mind me again. True or not true? That how many have ever been there? They were raising funds. You had money, but you didn't get up. Can I see your hand? You raise your hand. You yeah, come to church. You come to life most more here like that. Yeah. Sometimes when you do a fundraising and people get up and get 20 CDs, mark them. It's the beginning sign of a person who can give to God. Amen. Amen. Many church members don't give much. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Amen. Is it back? 
Listen to this. Many church members do not pay tithes. And that is true. Averagely, you will find maybe tithe pairs 30-40%. If you are lucky, 40%. If you are average, 30%. That is what you discover in most churches. Yeah. Even some of you who are are here, you don't pay tithes. True or not true? You, 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 you mind me, it doesn't matter. Anybody who can be provoked to even tithe. And you see many, they will tithe for a season and then stop again. When you talk about it, then the number will shoot up to 50% or something. Then after a while, it will drop back to the average 30 or whatever. Are you here this evening? Many, many who will respond to the teaching and tithe and then forget and come back. They are changeable. They are changeable. It means that when you talk to them, they will. Are, are you? Am I? Am I helping anybody? Am I helping anybody? They, are, they, are, they will respond. It means that when you talk to them, they may, they will, they may backslide again after some months. But it's a good start. They will respond. And when you talk again, they will start again. Few of us started tithing once and never stopped again. Few of us. Most of us, you tithe, you start for a while, then you stop again. Then something happens, then you start again. Then you stop until you become mature when you are now tithing and provoked eternally. But in your early days, you were, you were not so regular. You were a bit erratic. True or not true? So when they are erratic right now, it's not a problem. It is how it is. That is how it is. So a person who can be provoked to be a tither is a good person. Oh, no, no, no. He stopped again after three months. He's not stable. It, the, the real, the other guy didn't mind you at all. He's the one who is not stable. This guy responded. So, a person who you can provoke to do something, even for a short time, is a person worth marking. Hallelujah. Listen to this. Many church members are irregular in their church attendance. I saw a statistic somewhere. 25% of, of Christians go to church four times a month. 25%. 50% go to church two times a month. Then the other 25%, they go to church once every six weeks. So you have these figures playing around. So every week, I will have my 25% who have come. Hello? Hello? Is it the lights that have gone? Or hello, hello. So what? So you can still hear my voice, but you can't see me. But it doesn't matter. This is how ghosts are. You can hear the voice, but you can't see them. Please don't spoil my lights. They are flickering. Very, uh, yeah. So, listen. Are are you listening? In an average week, you have the 25% who are there 
Then you have those who come every other week, twice a month. Either they come one, two, then miss three, four, or come one, miss two, come three, and miss four, or they come one, miss two, three, and come four. But they miss two in a month, regular. They are either traveled or they are home or they've gone for a wedding or they are just helping their auntie or their mother call them. But they do two out of four. And that is another half of that who are there. Then you have the other group who come once every six weeks. Yeah. And they too, they are there. They are your members. They come every... So, so the, are you here this evening? So these are the people in your church. Anybody, no matter anything about him, who comes to church regularly is good material. He can be anything, a shoemaker, he can be a trotro mate, he can be anything that you may think is unlikely to be material that you can convert into a, 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 a worker. But the fact that he comes regularly alone, he stands out as a strong contender to be a, a, a good helping material. Amen. Yeah, once he comes regularly, that is the starting point. It is now up to you to work on him and convert him into a worker. It's now up to you. That's how Jesus took some fishermen and turned them into epistle writers. Yeah. I don't think Peter ever went to school. But he learned how to right by being around Jesus ah that he could hold his own in a meeting with lawyers he was able to stand his ground and impress them with his raps and his words hallelujah amen I, I hope you are listening and a third category so let me just add this here Anybody, no matter how eloquent and how wise sounding and how correct he looks, until he becomes stable, don't consider him as good material. Your first work is to ensure his stability, his regularity in the church. That's the first work. You must work on him. When that is in place, because until you can see him regularly to impart in him, he'll be there so seldom, you can't change him. He'll be coming once a week. What lecturer has a student who comes once a month, you can make him pass the exams. It will be difficult to make anything out of him. So you, you must really, the, the average member doesn't come. Granted, the ones who do come, they are worthy of notes. Amen. Amen. And the third what the third group that is remarkable is the one is the person who is mindful of the sacrifice of the pastor. The one who is mindful of the sacrifice of the pastor meaning that most members have no idea what it means to be a pastor. Most members and most shepherds, all they see you is they see you on Sunday coming to preach. Then they see you on Tuesday like this. Then likely they don't see you again. And as they, those members, as they, when they are not here, out of sight, out of mind, as they, when they are not here, they assume it's the same with you. 
that you too, when you are not here, you are doing other things. Yeah, because they, when they are not here, they are busy about their own things. They are busy with their business. They are fully engaged with their, their education. They are so, totally sunk out with their work. They, when they are not here, there is almost no mind again about God and church. That is why I'm trying so hard to get our people to do quiet time. Start read your Bible every day. That is my greatest prayer for any member, any church member. Read your Bible every day. That's all. That, I mean, if I can get that, my members to read their Bibles every day, I will lie down and have a holiday here. That's all. That's the beginning of change. That's the beginning of change. Many members, they have no idea what goes on behind the scenes. They, they, they don't know that, I mean, a pastor, they, they don't know. Yeah, I mean, it, it, he's like me. When I live here, peh, out of my mind, I'm free of God and church. I'm just busy about how to pay my rent, how to survive. So any church person who by a comment, by any kind of show of support, makes you realize that he is mindful of what it, what it costs you to be here. That person is special. I don't, I don't think I'm preaching well this evening. But I know I am, so it's your fault, it's not me. I know I am. I'm preaching, I'm saying a very important point. Yeah. And, and, and if ever a member will ask you, so pastor, your petrol bill, or your pastor, so you, your children, oh, so pastor, so how, how are you managing? That person who has thought that you are a bit stretched out is a special person. Amen. Is a special person. Those are the people, these three keys are the ones to look for. Amen? The one to look for. If you can find a person with these characteristics, even if he's a shoemaker, do you know a cobbler? You know a cobbler? Even a cobbler, even if he's, what is he? A carpenter, a, 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 a tiler, is what, what, what is a person who is not at all spiritual? If he has these things, that person has the potential to become your assistant. But you have to bring him up. Amen. You have to invest in him. You have to spend time with him. You have to spend time. You have to bring him close. Talk to him. Many, sometimes we are a bit apprehensive. I don't know if like, don't bring them too close. They'll become familiar. Familiarity is not only closeness. It's also a, a, a devil. Yeah, some can become familiar without coming close. Yeah, but some can come, can come close and not be familiar. Yeah, some can still be mindful of, and some, even as you are drawing them close, they are mindful of these things. Look, there, listen, there are a lot of good people with us. God, the Bible says many are called, many are really called to do this thing, but sometimes we must fish them out and help them to become what they can be. Amen. Amen. Are you here tonight? How to find helpers. They are there. They are there. They are there, crowd. It may take time. It will take time to bring them out. But it's necessary. That is, that is the way. It is necessary. Hallelujah. I have more to share, but I, I feel this is what I'm sharing tonight. This is, I, I, I just... I think this is what I'm supposed to share today. This is it. Yeah. To find 
good assistance. To see that you alone, you are questionable. You are working alone. It makes you questionable. It makes you dubious. You know, dubious it makes you a character, some sly character. Be we don't know exactly whether you are good or bad. And you see, when you are alone, bad thoughts can come to you. Oh, it's not true. When you are alone with a girl, something may zoom through your head. But when you are three, it's not a, it's not likely to come. Ah, two girls and one boy, two boys and one girl. There's not there's no trouble. There's not no no no. One boy, one girl. No, 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 no. No, 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 no. Something. Something can pass by. And you may say, no, no, no. One day you say, let me try. Let me try. Amen. So alone, you must, you must believe that alone is not a good thing. And that is why, and alone too, it's not beneficial. Two are better than one. That means one is bad. Oh, it's not clear. I mean, what the Bible says, it says the opposite is true. What is bad? So as you are going alone with all your zeal and your strength and your prayer power and everything, it's bad. It's bad. One of my pastors, I don't know who sent him. He says me. It wasn't me. He went to do visitation. Alone alone and where he was going to was a lady alone that was the last time after today has not gone alone again he said when he went to the house to knock on the door pastor I'm coming to do visitation in the afternoon or evening I think it was the, around 3 4 because he had finished work and he had gone there she came to open the door and she was wearing cloth. She had tied cloth around her breast and that's all. And she was holding it with her elbow. Pardon? To open the door for the pastor to come in. So she was holding, give me your, she was holding the, the cloth with her elbow like this. So, oh, come in. He came in. <laughs> And when he came in, then she gave him a seat. And you see, the seat is here, the door is here, and she sat here between him and the door. And while he was sitting, then the cloth began to fall down. The cloth began to fall down. He said, as he was talking, he was talking, talking, trying to get her engaged. Then he just got up and walked out of the room. Ask him, why are you going alone? It's not worth it. And it's not effective. That is why everybody must find a helper. Hallelujah. Amen. These three keys, I believe that there are many, there are others that we can apply, but these three keys, I believe that if you look, he's in your church. But if you look to see who has two or three of these keys, you will find a person. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Let's pray. I want you to pray, oh Lord, open my eyes that I'll find my helper. Just I want you to pray, Lord, open my eyes that I will see him whom you have given to me. He is not far away. I don't think he's far away. I think he's, he's with us. I think he's around us. I think he's with you in your church. But I think you didn't recognize him. What did Jesus say? That if Jerusalem had recognized the time of their visitation, they would not have been destroyed. But they missed it, their, their, their visitation. They missed that person who came. So I want us to just, just one minute. And listen, as, as I speak, maybe somebody comes to mind. Oh, praise the Lord. 
praise the Lord, is your solution. Maybe somebody begins to stand out. But hey, this guy, he's regular, he comes, this guy. I mean, he's, he's not, I didn't respect him as any proper person, but you know, he comes regularly. You know, he's always nice. He's always smiling. He's always, and he's, he's the only one who asks me, so how much does it cost to drive up and down? He's the only one who has asked me a question. So it's somebody who is mindful of the sacrifices. No few members know what it costs us. I'm telling you. They even don't think about it. When they see us here all day, they don't know what it has cost us. We, we have children. Or you don't know we have children. We have wives and husbands. We also know, what did, what did Paul say? Don't we know how to lead a woman around? We know how to do all these things. But it's a price we have paid to, to, be, to be past this. Sacrifice of a pastor. Let, let, me, let me just make a, a, a comment here this evening. Maybe next week, next week. About sacrifice next week. There are two kinds of sacrifices. I'll give you the headlines this evening. One sacrifice makes you a Christian. Jesus said, except you take up your cross and follow me, you cannot be my disciple. There is one type of sacrifice. That one, the result is you are a Christian. If you don't do that sacrifice, you're not a Christian. You are a church member, church goer, Methodist, lighthouse, whatever it is, but you are not a Christian. If you don't do that sacrifice, you're not a Christian. Then there's another sacrifice that brings growth. Except a corn of wheat falls to the ground and dies, it abides alone. But if it dies, brings forth much fruit. That's a sacrifice that you need to do. And that one is what makes you fruitful as a person. Now, listen. You can do the second one and not the first. And you can do the first and not the second. It's not the same sacrifice. There are different. There are different sacrifices. And if you do the first sacrifice to be a good Christian, but not the second one, your church will not grow. You'll just be a good pastor with 10 people. That's all. You are doomed to 10 people. You are doomed and condemned to a small church forever because you have done the... And you see, every sacrifice has its fruit. What a man sows, that he will reap. Your sacrifice brings that one in your life. And the second type, which is what is bringing growth, Every vine that bears fruit, my father purges, prunes it. Pruning is cutting away good things that it will bear more fruits. There's a sacrifice that you need to make different from the first one that will make you fruitful. And, and that is how come you can find some people who are in a growing church, something, but their lives are questionable. They are, they are dubious morality. One, one pastor, I won't say it. I won't say it. But they are dubious morality. Big church, but questionable character. Big church, growing church. But the man himself now, his ways, his behaviors are not. No, 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 no. They, are, they have to mind the two. Hallelujah. Next week. Amen. Next week. But tonight, I want you to pray. Lord, open my eyes. I need... You see, you must... You must, you must say, I need somebody. Yes. I need somebody. I need help. I cannot do it alone. I cannot. I cannot do this work alone. You'll be tired. You'll be exhausted. you become discouraged. You wonder, is it worth it? Am I what then you begin to question? Am I called? Am I in the right place? I should join a different church. I should go and go to a new place because here is not working. And here, if but you see, my friend who went there is working. Hey, maybe I should go there. No, no, no. It is because you are alone and you are carrying a burden too heavy. Why did Moses say, 
did I burn these people that should carry them as a burden? Lord, I didn't burn them. It's not, am I, am I their father? That you have made me carry this. It's a burden. It's a burden. It's not made for one man. That's what Moses' father not told him. What you are doing is not good. You will wear yourself out. You can't sit alone to judge Israel. You can't. You can't do it alone. And tonight I want to spare us from even thinking that I'm not called or thinking that I'm not anointed or thinking that it's not working. But simply, I'm alone. I need help. May God open our eyes to see the helper. May God cause us to look. Maybe your pride has made you overlook some people. Maybe in your mind, I need a certain type of person, a certain structure, a certain education, a certain language. And the others, because they don't meet up, I dismiss them. Maybe your pride has made you look for something that is not there. You have to humble yourself, lower your expectation, and see the one God has given you. I don't know what it is. But Lord, may I see the one you have sent to me. May I, may I, may I recognize him. May, he's, may he draw my eye, my attention, that this is the one you have sent to me. This is the one you have sent to help me to do the work I have to do. Just pray. Maybe that partner is your partner. That helper is going to change your life. May he arise and appear. Father, thank you so very much. Thank you for the calling that many, many of us are called. I'm not called alone to do a great job. I'm not called to be outstanding superstar hero in the land. But many are called alongside that together we build a great church. And many are called to do the different parts of the team that no part is left undone. Lord, let us be a building together of the body of Christ. The eye, the ear, the hand, the leg, the liver, the kidney, that all the parts come together. That the whole function it as a whole. Let everybody, big or small, be a complete body. That it will work and change us. Thank you, Lord, for these this evening. Let these words drive us to build our churches as they are. Thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. When he ran to me, he took me in his arms, held my head to his chest, said my son's come home. We believe the word of God has come through to you. Join us at the Lighthouse Chapel International Bantama, behind the Confidence Eating Place. This is every Sunday at 9.30 a.m. and 6 p.m. every Tuesday. Stay blessed. He called me back.